Chapter 34 Marco Despite the fact we had kind of figured out that the Dutch creature wasn't actually trying to eat us, I was still slightly worried as it wrapped me up out of the ditch and carried me away. Slightly worried, as in crying like a baby. I could feel that we were rising upward, but I was more concerned with just breathing, which was hard enough. The dust beast swirled around me, choking me, binding me, imprisoning me. Suddenly, I sensed that we had stopped moving. A few minutes later, the dust beast released me. I don't know what I expected to see, but it sure wasn't this. I was on something that looked like the bridge of the Starship Enterprise, only triangular. Instead of Data or Sulu or Worf or Spock, there were a bunch of taxons and a circle of hork with their weapons drawn. I also saw an open empty box that looked like it could be a cage, and just in front of the box was a dead hork Finally, and this was the worst part, instead of either Captain Kirk or Captain Picard, there was Visser 3. Visser 3 with hork blood on his tail. Visser 3, not looking happy. Not that he has probably ever looked happy, exactly. Visser 3. The dust monster hovering above us, filling the top of the room like a storm cloud. Taxons at the computer screens, a circle of hork armed with Jacon beams. And me, a gorilla, in the middle of all of this. It would have been funny if it had been happening to someone else. Morph out of that stupid form, Visser 3 snapped. I said nothing. We had faced Visser 3 before. We never spoke for fear that he would be able to tell that we were human, not Andalite. Someone remove that garbage, Visser 3 said, pointing at the dead hork And find that Andalite! Bring in the bioscanners! He didn't disappear, he just morphed something very small. Andalite? He had to mean Axe, which meant Axe was still alive, and he had escaped. Would you explain the poor hork Visser 3 is a hard guy to work for. I felt a surge of hope. Axe was alive. Marco? I jumped. Not far, because gorillas aren't big jumpers. I just sort of jerked in surprise. Every one of the hork tightened his grip on his weapon. Marco, is that you? It's Axe. Axe, it's me. Are you sure Visser 3 can't hear us? Just keep thought speaking directly to me, Axe said. Where are you? I morphed a flea. Good. Maybe you can get away then. You're practically invisible. I'm in Gorilla Morph. I'm kind of noticeable. I have a plan. Oh, good, I said. All our plans are working out so well. Where are you? The safest place I could think of, Axe said. I'm on Visser 3. I stared at Visser 3. Somewhere in his andalite fur, Axe was hiding. Visser 3 glared at me. I told you to morph out of that ludicrous shape, Visser 3 said to me. Don't force me to use painful measures. Did you hear that? I asked Axe. Yes, he was thought speaking openly. Don't morph. Don't say anything. Just tell me, do you see a computer console nearby? There will probably be a taxon working it. I see a bunch of consoles and a bunch of taxons and Mr. 3 looking like he's ready to barbecue me. Any console will do. Do you see a small square pad that the taxon is touching? Yeah, all the taxons are pressing one hand, if that's a hand, on these little squares. Why do you defy me, Andalite? 
Visitor 3 demanded. To what possible purpose? Sooner or later, you have to emerge. Those are the interfaces, Axe said. Like your human keyboards. When you touch it, you can transmit commands directly to the computer. It's similar to thought speech. However, the basic scientific principle is actually... Axe, I don't need a science lecture. Visser 3 is looking at me like I'm his beef jerky. So if you have a plan, just do it. Okay, everything will go a bit crazy for a few minutes. Just go for the console. Press your hand on and think, open hatch. Just open hatch. What are you going to do? Axe laughed. He seldom laughs. It surprised me. <laughs> that Vila goes after morphing energy. So I'm going to give it some morph energy to go after. Visser 3 was still staring at me. I could practically see the wheels turning in his evil brain. Why? Why are you so afraid to demorph? Why won't you speak? The other Andalites spoke. Why don't you? Then, over all our heads, the dust monster began to rotate. Faster. Faster. Visser, Kulhaldrash, is Morg, Vilik, a Hork-Bajir said in their weird mix of English and their own native tongue. But Visser 3 had already noticed. It would be impossible not to. The Velik was going totally tornado. A tornado with sharp teeth and slashing blades. Anything that wasn't bolted down was flying around the bridge. Suddenly, ropes of dust shot down from the whirling cloud. Ropes that wrapped Visser 3 up like a package. I caught a glimpse of something on Visser 3's back. It was a bug, growing slowly larger, already an inch long. Axe! The hork all leapt forward, trying instinctively to rescue the Visser from the dust creature. Big mistake. The first hork tried to slash at the whirling dust cloud with his bladed arm. In a split second, he no longer had that arm. The hork screamed. This was my chance. I barreled toward the closest computer console. A hork half fixated on the dust monster and half on me, got on the way. I hit him full force with my head down like a charging bull. The hork staggered back and splayed across a taxon. The taxon's weak legs collapsed. I didn't wait for them to get up. I punched a second taxon with my big gorilla fist. He scuttled back. I was in the clear. Water! Visser 3 cried from within the swirling dust cloud. Water! He was thirsty? At a time like this he was thirsty? I pressed my hand on the computer console. Open hatch, I thought. Open hatch. Right now. To my utter amazement, it worked. I could barely see through the tattered edges of the dust monster storm, but the ceiling of the bridge seemed to split down the middle. It began to open. I could see stars outside. This was Axe's plan? To open the bridge to the vacuum of space? We would all be sucked out instantly and die. I considered reversing the command. I wasn't ready to die. But then I noticed something. We were not getting sucked into space. And then I noticed something else. A cloud. Above us. We were in the atmosphere. Fools! Visser 3 screamed. They're trying to escape! Get him! Get him! Get that monkey! Monkey? Monkey? I'd show them monkey! I turned. Six hork warriors advanced on me, their bladed wrists and elbows flashing. Axe? Um... I have the hatch open, and whatever you're planning on us doing next, now would be a very good time. Right now. 
Chapter 35 Axe I morphed out slowly. I had no intention of going all the way. My plan depended on my remaining afleet. As I began to morph, I could feel the air swirling wildly around me. It was working. My morphing had drawn the velik. It sensed the morphing energy and was now doing what Visser 3 had programmed it to do. It was capturing the morph. Of course, in capturing me, it also captured the Visser. I heard Visser 3 yell for water. Why? What was the purpose of that? Then I heard Marco say, Axe, um, I have the hatch open, and whatever you're planning on us doing next, now would be a very good time. Right now. I reversed morph, back to total flea morph. The hairs on Visser 3's back, which had shrunk to the size of tall trees, now rose up again around me, taller than the tallest building. I felt my flea armor plate clank back into place. I was once again not much bigger than a comma on this page. It was time to move. I released the massive spring power in my hind legs and fired myself away from the visor's body. I hit a wall of wind. I was caught up in a swirling mass of dust. The particles were roughly my own size. They shot past me at incredible speed. Slam! A particle hit me. It stuck to me. It was impaled on my own flea combs, the spikes that protected the joints in my armor. It was stuck to me. And only then, locked together with it, was I able to see it through my weak flea eyes. It was alive! It was a creature my own size, but with a hundred minuscule wings that beat in the air. It had antennae, but different from any seen on Earth. These antennae were covered in tiny upturned bowls, like the dishes of primitive human radio telescopes. Those were the structures it used to sense energy sources. There were no eyes and no mouth, but two long filaments, like strands of wire, swept back from the front of the creature. These must be how it fed, by channeling the energy down the wires. The Velik was not one creature. It was billions. It was a swarm of billions of these tiny creatures. They had evolved into a swarm that could come together and become a destructive entity of gnashing teeth and slicing blades. But in reality, they were separate insect-like creatures that fed on energy. I motored my tiny front legs and shoved the Velik away. Its wings beat, and in a flash, it was gone. Suddenly, a huge silvery globule the size of a human house came shooting past. It hit several of the dust creatures and knocked them away. Then more. More! A spinning globule hit me. It wrapped itself around me. I was trapped. Trapped. Falling. Falling. A strange substance pressed all around me, enclosing me. Smothering me. Water. The Yurks had turned on a water hose. That's what Visser 3 had been calling for. Water. The drop of water that enclosed me splattered against the floor. I could not get away. It clung to me. It was like glue to my flea body. Then, I was out. I was on dry ground. But water droplets loaded with powerless dust monsters were showering all around me like a meteor storm. Marco, stamp your feet. I need to find you. I'm a little busy, Marco cried. I got Horkbashir here looking for trouble, and someone turned on the sprinklers. Stamp your feet. I felt a new vibration rumble through the floor. I knew where it was coming from. I leapt. I tumbled through the air. I landed in a forest of gigantic hairs, each as thick as the biggest tree. Where are you? Marco yelled. On you! 
I said. We have to get out of here. How? Jump through the open hatch. I'm a gorilla, not a. Wait, I have an idea. I felt a shuddering vibration, like an earthquake that rolled through Marco's gorilla body. Then movement. Then wind whipping past at incredible speed. Where are we now? I asked. The good news is we're out of the ship. I used a couple of horkbajiers as a ladder and climbed over them. That's the good news. You seem to be implying that there might be some bad news too, I said. Oh yeah, Marco said. The bad news is we're about two miles up in the air and we are plummeting to Earth. Chapter thirty-six. Rachel. The truck hit my back right leg. It must have shattered the bone because the pain was incredible. The impact knocked me several feet. I fell and my head slammed the concrete. Maybe that's what did it. I lay there on my side, breathing with difficulty. My eyes were closed. Flash! A construction site, late at night. The light in the sky was gone. Now it was in front of me, resting on the ground. A spaceship. It had landed. There was a voice in my head. It came from nowhere. No, it came from him, the alien. I could see him, lying there, injured. The Yurks, the Yurks, he said. They have come to destroy you. Flash. A barn full of animals in cages, birds, foxes, squirrels, raccoons, bats, and Cassie was there. Yes, Cassie, my friend, and the others. I could see them now. They had been with me at the construction site, and ever since that night we had been joined together. Animorphs—that was the word. It was Marco's word. Flash. I was flying. I was flying on wings that seemed to stretch forever. Soaring high on thermals, an eagle—that's what I was, a bald eagle. Then, yes, they had swarmed me, a bunch of smaller blackbirds. They had swarmed me, and I had hit the tree. And then, Rachel, it took Marco. I opened my elephant eyes. A squirrel stood nervous and jumpy, tail twitching, mouth working almost as if it were talking. Cassie, I said, it took Marco. Cassie said again, "It took Marco when I didn't do anything." Marco, I remember Marco. You do? Is your memory coming back? Yeah, mostly. It still feels shaky. Over our heads swooped two bug fighters. Bug fighters. The words were right there in my brain. I knew what they were. Bug fighters. Crew. One horkbajir. One taxon. I could form mental pictures of the horkbajir. The taxon was still hazy, but both were yurks. That was the important thing. Each had a yurk in its head. I can't stand up, I told Cassie. The elephant's leg is broken. I'm morphing back to human. Me too. It's gone for now. The velik is gone, Cassie said. Rachel, I should have morphed while the dust beast was here. I could have drawn it away from Marco. I was scared. Of course you were scared. So was I. I said. I could feel myself shrinking. My legs, as big as telephone poles, were becoming normal human legs. The tusks sucked back into my mouth and split to form front teeth. The trunk grew weak, lost its muscle, and shriveled back to form my nose and mouth. Why didn't the dust beast attack us? 
I wondered as soon as my mouth could form speech. It's off, carrying Margo away. Maybe killing him, Cassie wailed. I should've. Look, Cassie, I said sharply. That's what happened, alright? It's in the past. We have the present to worry about. I pointed to the two bugfighters that had looped around overhead and were coming back toward us at a much slower speed. Cassie, I don't remember, I said. Can we morph again so quickly? Yes, yes we can. It's exhausting though, but we don't have a choice. We can't let them catch us in human morph. It would blow our cover forever. Cassie, we need morphs that can move fast. I don't remember everything we have available, I said urgently. Cassie concentrated. It's night. The woods. Let's go airborne. We've both acquired alamorphs. We used them to guard Jake when he was taken by the Yurks. Great horned owls. I squeezed my eyes shut. An owl? I had morphed an owl? Yes. Yes, I remembered. I could feel it. The bugfighters took up position, hovering in the air just a hundred yards to either side of us. In the distance, I could hear sirens screaming in the night. Police cars growing closer. Probably controllers, not real policemen. I focused all my thoughts on making the change. I squeezed my eyes shut and concentrated. When I opened my eyes again, it was broad daylight. No, not daylight. I was seeing the world through the eyes of the owl. It might as well have been noon. I could see everything. I could see every detail of the bug fighters. I could see deep into the black woods. I could see the flashing blue lights of the police cars as if they were right in my face. Ready? Cassie asked. Yeah, I think so. Follow me, Cassie said. She flapped her wings. I flapped mine. We flew off, just a foot off the ground. Suddenly, a large creature dropped from the hovering bugfighter. It dropped more than 50 feet, hit the ground, rolled, and was up. My owl vision saw him as if he were bathed in a spotlight. Hork-Bajir! I yelled. Straight ahead! A second later, another Hork-Bajir dropped from above. With amazing speed, they were up and running for us. Their arm blades glinted in the moonlight. We were flying straight at them. Too low! Too low and not enough time to get off the ground. If we turned, we would lose altitude. They would get us before we could get clear. Straight at them, I said. My girl Rachel, Cassie said grimly. Then, go for the eyes! I flapped my wings with a desperate energy. I raked my talons forward. The hork came straight at us. We went straight for them. I knew right then that my fate was not in my own hands anymore. If their orders were to kill us, we would die. I could measure the distance. I knew my own speed, and I could see the superhuman speed of the hork with their flashing bladed arms. Something big flew through the air. I saw a flash of orange and black. My hork went down hard with a huge tiger on his back, slamming him down into the dirt. The hork in front of Cassie turned to see, just for a split second. Cassie blew past him. The tiger leapt off the back of the downed hork I sailed above them all, flapping for dear life. Let's get out of here, Jake said. Definitely, I agreed. What about Marco? Jake asked. Have you seen Marco? Chapter 37 Marco Ah! 
I don't think in the entire history of planet Earth that any gorilla has ever plummeted through the night from a height of two miles. So it was a first for both of us. I was spinning wildly, down, down, down through the cold night air. Far below me, way too far below me, I saw street lights, and car lights, and neon store lights, and right beside me, almost all around me, clouds. I was a 400-pound gorilla who had just decided to go skydiving without a parachute. Marco, why are you screaming? It hurts my head. We're going to die, you alien lunatic! No, we won't die. Don't be foolish, Axe said. Maybe you won't. You're a flea. You'll bounce. I'll hit the ground like a rock. Marco, morph into a bird. Oh, duh, I said, feeling a little foolish. Is there time? I don't know. Maybe we should hurry, Axe said in his annoyingly calm and delight way. Now, the problem we had was a simple one. You can't morph from one animal into another. You have to return to your natural form first. So I had to become human. Then I could morph into a bird. A minute later, we were no longer our gorilla and a flea falling. Now we were a human and an andalite falling. And now the ground was no longer way too far below us. Now it was way too close. Ah! I yelled. Ah! Axe screamed in thought speak. I felt relieved that at least he was screaming now too. But mostly I was busy noticing that I could make out individual houses ringed by faint light. I could see individual car headlights and taillights. And I could see the mall parking lot, which was almost empty except for a crew painting new stripes on the blacktop. Ah! I focused as hard as I could. I had long ago morphed an osprey. That's a type of hawk. It's mostly dark gray-brown with a sort of mottled white underside and a dark beak. It's a cool bird. But you know what? Right at that moment, I didn't care what kind of bird I became, as long as it had wings. Grow, wings, grow! I yelled, and the wind screaming past my face blew the words right out of my mouth. Feathers began to form on my skin. I felt myself shrink. I felt my bones grow light, hollow. I could hear a grinding noise as the bones of my skull scrunched down to hold a much smaller brain. Too slow. Way too slow. I could see people now. The guys working in the mall parking lot. I could see people, and I was still falling. No way I could morph in time. No time. The ground. It was going to hit me. It was jumping up to hit me. I could see one of the work crew look up at me. I could see his eyes. I spread my arms wide. No, not arms. Wings! Wings! Swoosh! The wind snapped my wings back, straining every muscle, and I blew at 90 miles an hour, just inches off the freshly painted blacktop. Yaha! I yelled. I glanced left. Axe was right beside me in his own Harrier morph. That was exciting, Axe said. Yes, it was. Let's never, ever do that again. Ever, Axe agreed. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thanks for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, I am your host, Daniel. So thank you for listening to this episode. I don't really have anything special to mention, so we'll just get into those good old post-show notes, such as 
the fact that you are listening to Audiomorphs, which can be found at audiomorphs.podbean.com, or by searching Audiomorphs, just anywhere you would search for a podcast, you know, Google or Bing, Ask Jeeves, podcast.com. I don't know if that's a real thing, but you could probably find it there. If you'd like to send in some questions or comments, just say hello, you know, tell me about your day. You can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. I would also like to put in a quick plug for sister podcast, The Equalizers, hosted by my friends Mike and Madison. They take movies that are either had a, had a complete story and didn't need a sequel, or movies that were just so bad that sequels or prequels never got made, and they come up with one for them. It's super funny. It's super fun. I've been on it once. I'm hoping to be on again at some point. Um, go check them out. That's Equalizers spelled E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S. Like sequelizers or sequel, but without the S part. Sorry if it's kind of loud. My window's open because um, it's hot in here and I don't feel like closing it. And these are post-show notes. So really, who cares about the audio, qual- audio quality? Anyway, the Equalizers, go find them, again, anywhere podcasts can be found. Um, Also on Podbean, equalizers.podbean.com, I believe. Might be theequalizers.podbean.com, one of those two. Go check them out. That is all I have to say today. Um, Unless you want to also give me a rating and review on iTunes, do that too, or tell a friend. Okay, now I've said everything that needs to be said, so I will see you next week. My name is Daniel. I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. This is Jack. He's single. Hey! This is Rob. He's also single. I'm so alone! Jack started listening to OK Crusader, the premier Marvel dating podcast. Wow, I love how they used the random page on the official Marvel wiki to discuss and rank the dateability of various Marvel characters. Rob did not start listening to OK Crusader. Do you think I could get a discount if I buy the Fleshlight used? Thanks to OK Crusader, Jack may still be single. Hey, wait, what? But at least he's had a few good laughs along the way. OK Crusader, wherever podcasts are found.